Pastor Horace Shepherd from Philadelphia preached his heart out. <laughs> this man, this man preached the word of God. He's a brother of Pastor Paul Shepherd, and we've known the family over the years. Back in the late 60s, 70s, we used to have what was called the Triple IC was the camp meeting. We used to have a tent. I don't know if Chuck remembered that tent back in the day on the flea market ground in Corn Madeira, the tent. Well, Pastor Horace Shepherd Sr. was one of the main speakers at that time. Many of you don't know Pastor Horace, the father. Just absolutely incredible man of God and a wonderful speaker. Well, his son, Horace Jr., spoke this year brought back many of the old memories and uh, talking about wanting to reconnect. Sister Pamela Small preached one of the morning services, did a tremendous job as well as the other pastor, Pastor Moore from Sacramento. But the time of the saints coming together was incredible. Then we were surprised and blessed with the Winings, Winings being there. Michael and Regina Winings were there at the camp meeting and saying on Friday and Saturday. Just a blessing. The Pastor Connedy from Vegas, where I'll be going to uh, probably this year, was good friends. They're just down-to-earth people. Just down-to-earth. Also, many of you don't know, uh, there's a Pastor Quincy Fielding, who's well-known in the uh, music industry, but I didn't know he was Church of God down in L.A. Pastor Quincy was there. He did a workshop years ago when SMBI was doing the, the classes. He came over with um, Stephen Roberts and Dr. Tim Post, or Mr. Tim Post and the organist and mothers, Helen Stevens, when they were holding the workshops at Village. And uh, I saw his name. I said, Quincy Fielding. I remember him doing one of the musical workshops there. And, and he was there. Did not know that he came out of the Church of God. So we had a great time. I am asking, they normally, there, we're there the second week normally of July. This is the first year in over 40, well, never rained. It thundered one evening. It was cool. It was, never hit uh, triple digits. Stop, in, in Hanford, Hanford, it might get to 90 at night, maybe. <laughs> but you needed a light sweater down there. It's the first time it had been mild weather, but the fellowship was absolutely tremendous. And I'm going to encourage our people, if you're able to stay one night, start saving your money now. Put $10 aside a week, a month, $20 a month if you can. Some of you can go to Hanford for one night, about four-hour drive from here. Um, I think it would do you some good to meet some of the, the other saints that we fellowship with. I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 5. As you know, we are studying, doing a study on the Beatitudes. I'm going to only deal with one Beatitude. We'll hit several points under that one. But we, this is our third message in dealing with the Beatitudes. Let me ask you to stand with me, if you would, please. Pray for the word. In this place today, Lord, we are praying that you will... Lead us and guide us. We thank you that the word of God is anointed. Now anoint the vessel 
Anoint the ears and eyes of people in this place. May we be attentive to the Word of God to obey and to do everything that you are calling us to do. We do love you, we do praise you, we honor you, and we thank you for your goodness and your righteousness. Speak into our lives. We give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. In your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 5. I will be reading verse 6. I plan to go through 8, but I'm going to read verse 6. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Kizzy, I got a call that Kizzy, Wanda, for those of you who don't know her by Kizzy, rededicating her life. I heard that Friday was a, a special time of prayer here. I got a call, I got not only a call, I got an email as well about Friday's prayer. And so I want to thank God for, for that. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Mr. Jim Guckin, we've been having you on the prayer list. We it is good to see you here on the front row, as you should be, in your rightful place on the front row. Jim, good to see you. The title that I've given is simply, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. This is the fourth word of the Beatitudes. Word number four. I'm going to give you one point and, and have several points I'll make within that, but if you're writing the points down, the urgency of the desire, the urgency of the desire. To get one's attention, there is little that speaks louder than physical hun hunger and thirst. Bill, Bill, good seeing you. To get one's attention, there is little that speaks louder than physical hunger and thirst. In fact, one can even experience pain when this need is not met. People who have access to food have rarely suffered from a hunger problem that they cannot solve. They know what to do and how to go about solving it. In fact, the more intense the hunger pains, the more intense the person becomes in trying to solve the problem. This beatitude, beatitude means blessing, happiness. This beatitude reveals the heart of where people are spiritually. In fact, all the beatitudes are dealing with a spiritual condition. The hunger is revealed in how people go about trying to solve the problem. Spiritual hunger can only be satisfied with spiritual food. Spiritual hunger can only be satisfied with spiritual food. 
I'm going to read an extended passage today as I tie this into my message. Turning your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. I'm going to read a good portion of this. I'll be reading from the NIV. It says, That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. While all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has an ear, let him hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For the people's heart has become callous. They hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their ears, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn an eye would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see but did not see it, and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears a message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since it has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes up because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word. But the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it out, choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, thirty times what was sown. Spiritual hunger can only be satisfied with spiritual food. 
the four soils, the birds eating up the seed. Deals with the Word of God that sits exposed in the open field. You hear the Word, but you don't do anything with it. Word is preached. The Word represented by the seed is spoken. And it lies exposed so that the birds of the air come down and just pick off what was just planted or just what, what, what just kind of dropped. When you think about a farmer, you see, a farmer just doesn't take the seed and plants a little bit here. When a farmer plants, he just kind of tosses the seed all over. There's seed that falls along the pathway. You've got a responsibility to do something with what you hear. And if you don't, you can't keep it. It will be taken from you. The seed that fell, fell on the rocky places. You see, when there's, when there's the Word of God, there's different types of soil. Different types of, 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 of the of preparation that's needed to be able to receive the Word of God. Some people don't make no preparation all week. Don't spend time in the Word. Don't spend time praying. Don't spend time seeking God. And the ground that's needed, that, that, that should be cultivated to hear the Word of God is fallow ground. It's unplowed. And the seed that falls on this ground, it falls on the soil, and, and it springs up. Oh, hallelujah, this rejoicing, but by the time you get down the street, That seed is withered. Falls, just fell over. It was standing straight up a moment ago, but... You see, there is the deceptive quality that that soil, that the seed fell in, that it was going to be able to uh, allow the seed to go into the ground. But you see... The problem is that under that soil was rock. That under the soil, there was just enough to have a seed to sprout. But it could not take root because there was rock underneath. And because of that rock underneath, the seed could not take root. Quickly dies off. The third is the seed that falls among thorns. You know, at, at, when I grew up, we had a... We had a blackberry bush. Got thorns on those blackberry, blackberry bushes, right? Thorns. They hurt if you. You don't want to fall into one of those. We had to be careful when we were out playing sports and when we wanted some berries there. Every once in a while, we weren't careful and we would run into them. It let us know that we ran into it as well. Anything that was planted there basically didn't grow. That thing just took over. We pulled things out of there, got it cleaned up. Short time later, it's right back. The seed that fell in the thorns represents people that are concerned about the cares of this world. Come in excited and seem to be doing well, but before long, you don't see them anymore. Because the cares of this world, got to make some money. 
got things to do. Got, 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 got places to go. Got a job to do. Got work, can't be there. The cares of this world chokes out the seed that was in the thorns, and that represents the cares of the world. Can't grow. Some of you are overwhelmed with cares in this world. Everything and every situation disturbs you. You, 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 have, been, you have been guilt-ridden over many things. The moment you try to grow, the world grabs you and you respond. You hear a word and get excited, but the world grabs you again. Take both arms. And you can't break loose. This world has nothing good for you that will last. The world provides temporary stuff for you. It appeals to the flesh. It appeals to the, it appeals to the eyes. And it will choke out the world, word of God. You, you, will, you will say, I, I can do this and I can do this as well. God knows that we have to work for a living. Some of us, some, you know, some people have to, we, God knows he created work. God is not anti-work. We are sometimes. But God created work. Work is a good thing. But you see, when we began to run after work, and we began to, desire, all these other things, and it begins to interfere with what God is wanting to do in our lives, we've got a problem. Do you not know that the Bible says that if you see God first and his kingdom all, and his righteousness, all these other things will be just added to you? There's a process. There is the, the process of making sure that we are in focus with God. The seed, three gowns, the fourth ground represents the seed that fell on good soil. The seed that fell on good soil did not produce just one ear of corn. It produced a hundred times what was planted, 60, 30. Why? Because the ground was prepared. Four different soils, only one produced. Others gave a good start. Two gave a good start. Couldn't last. One couldn't even get started because the birds of the air, the enemy, came and picked it off because it laid, it was laying exposed. In the parable of the soil, the ground must be prepared. There has to be a hunger for the seed. The Word of God. I know that people are eating other food, and this is messing up your desire for righteousness. The Bible says, Blessed is the person that hungers and thirsts for righteousness. There's a hunger and a thirsting for that which is righteous. As we looked at the other three blessings, the God said, Blessed, uh, that there was 
The first one that we noted, look back at chapter 5, the poor in spirit. We said that we are bankrupt. We understand that we can bring nothing to God. Then the next one that comes out of that comes the mourning over our condition. But the Bible says they that mourn are going to inherit the earth. As I told you last time, the earth ain't for sinners. That's God's blessing to his people. Then the Lord says here, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know, when I was a kid, we, I would come home and get a snack. Then when I run outside and play. But sometimes I would come and ask, could I get something right before dinner? My parents said, no, no, no. Because you're going to mess up your dinner. I wanted some cookies and some ice cream. Ten minutes before dinner is ready, and I couldn't have it. I was told that my, 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 that food was going to mess up my dinner. Now, if there was something that I really wanted to have, like red beans and my mom's biscuits, oh, my goodness. That was one of my favorite dinners. I had two favorite, favorite, three, but two favorite dinners. I'm gonna, there was, I love Nope, 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 not chicken. It was potatoes, mashed potatoes, cabbage, meatloaf, and cornbread. That, that was my favorite meal. Running right next to it was red beans with hamburger meat in it. They used to put hamburger meat and red beans. Y'all know that, right? Okay. Today, y'all conscious people are turkey for some of y'all. Okay, you can put ground turkey in there. Okay. <laughs> and biscuits. Oh, I loved it. And then for Saturday, it was always a hamburger day. Our Saturday, you know, you had to certain. My Saturday was, was the small special hamburger day. <laughs> Made in a special way. Hamburger. I carried that tradition even to my place. When I, when I grew up, when I had my kids, we carried that, that tradition. And then it became a pizza night. Pizza night and movies at the house. Everybody gets inflated in the living room. <laughs> if I was told to wait as long as if it was something good, my hunger, boy, it even, it even grew. But don't let it be peas and lima beans. Don't let it be liver that one day we thought was steak. All of that day, Mom put this nice meal before us. Ooh, we all sat down there, eat, cut into it, everybody. Liver! My mom said, eat it. <laughs> as long as it was something good. But I couldn't just mess up my appetite. Many of you today, many people are, are messing up their appetite by trying to fill a spiritual need with things that God is not giving you. Your spiritual food 
requires that you have, or your spiritual hunger can only be filled with spiritual food. And yet some of you are trying to fill it with everything else. All kind of things. You name it, it's been filled with that. And God says to those that are on this mountain, blessed are those that hunger and thirst. You see, when, when you are hungering for something and you have a thirsting for something, it is not a one-time event. Some of you say, I've been to the church all week. I don't need a church no more until next month. And here we are. Struggling during the week. Satan is already snatched from sin. Now, some of you, you get this. Some of you are going to have the word snatched when you leave here. You got this? Some of the seed is going to fall on rocky places. Some of the seed is going to fall on, 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 on thorny places and thorny bushes. But the word is also going to fall on good soil. What, what, what ground are you? When the Lord was talking to those on this mountain, we need to understand that he said, blessed are those. And we said the last time that there would be people that would not respond. You see, everybody that Jesus spoke to didn't respond to him. Everybody didn't hunger and thirst after righteousness. Everybody wasn't mourning. Everybody wasn't, wasn't doing the very thing that God says that was required for a blessed person. He was messing up with some people's theology. Blessed. How is the person blessed by being meek? That's weakness. How is the person blessed by mourning over their condition? I got a need here. What are you talking about? Spiritual. And so what people do today, they run after the physical, trying to serve and satisfy a spiritual need. Today, I came into Marin City. Went around as I normally did and prayed. Then, I, because I couldn't be here yesterday, I, I drove around and looked at the park. In fact, got out of the car and walked through. What a beautiful place. And while I was walking around, there were two officers there walking through, admiring the place. They couldn't be here yesterday, but when we were just kind of talking and, and looking and, 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 and just kind of about the events and how wonderful it was. And so I stayed there, went around, touched the grass that looked like it was wet, but it was a special grass. It wasn't real grass. But it looked like it's real. So don't y'all go down trying to play football on that grass. Looked at some of the exercise machines down there nice and got a checker table down there. You can bring your own checkers and stuff and got things for the kids. And it's just nice. Then I left. And when I walked across the street, I was stopped by a person who said, I, can, you, can you pray for me? You and he said, you know, I'm just, I'm just not happy doing well. And you know what ran through my mind? My message today. I didn't have no mercy on him. Not much, I should say. 
I had some. He said he wants peace. And I, I told him, there is no peace without Jesus. And when, when the person told me that I, I, I'm going to be, I, I, I need to get my life together first, I said, you can't get your life together first. People say at 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years, I'm coming when I get my life together. You can't get your life together. It requires Christ to get your life together. When people say, I'm coming after, you can't do it. As he said certain things, I came back with another word right back at him. Trying to compare, I said, you need to be saved. You can't have peace. You can't have blessings without the peacemaker. I told him like that. Maybe not that loud, but I told him. And then when I was about to go, I said, I'm going to pray for you. Sitting in my car, and this person is standing there, and I prayed for him. They said, I got to go now, because I got to go pray at the church, too. <laughs> Left in there, and he said, thank you. I ain't going to apologize, either. Because why? That's what he needed to hear. We need to give people what they need to hear, not what they're trying to do. You see, he was trying to satisfy a spiritual need with something physical. And he says, I'm miserable. I'm not having no peace. So you can't have peace without God. People in the church are trying to satisfy their spiritual need. And then, when you look at the situation, when God blesses you, oh my goodness. When God blesses you, how many of you do better? You see, God's blessings, you see, the Bible says, blessed is the one who thirsts, who hungers and thirsts after righteousness, because he says, they will be filled. That means there is a constant pursuing. And the more you pursue, the hungrier you get. The reason some of you ain't got no appetite is because you're not pursuing that which is righteous. You're not pursuing that which God says is his food. Jesus says, my food is to do the will of my Father. I've got food you don't even know about. Man, what, what food are you talking about? What food? When you hunger and thirst, it means that there is a perpetual hungering and thirsting. And the more you hunger, the more you want of Jesus. You, you, you see, when you see Jesus, you want a little bit more. When you see the Lord, you want more of him. Because he's the only one that can satisfy. That's why people that go out and try to find satisfaction can't. Because it is only found in the Lord. And then, when you can't understand even why certain things may happen, it doesn't change who God is. We sometimes want answers for everything. And trusting God and hungering for God means, God, I don't understand it, but I leave it in your capable hands. 
Some of us can understand how could the saints in the past have so little and yet be so happy because they learned how to hunger and thirst after righteousness. You see, your hunger and thirst will reveal the direction you take to satisfy your craving. Some of you are are very, very interesting because your hungering and your hunger and thirst leads you in a path that goes away from God. And then what happens is then when trouble comes, it leads you back to God. You see, it, it, it really should be the thing that we do all the time so that when we get in trouble, all we got to do is to say, Lord, uh, I, I've already sent up my prayers. I don't understand what's happening here, but I, I, I'm coming to you to say, Lord, would you help me right now? You see, when, you, when, you're, when you're hungering and thirsting after the Lord, you know that you've got your relationship in the right place. And, and therefore, you don't have to come back out of guilt. You say, oh, my God, thank you. I need your help right now. And that's what the saints of the past used to do. Why? They could say, ah, I've got just a little bit. But the Lord, he'll supply. He'll meet the need. If money is your craving, you will pursue that rather than God. If sleep is your craving, that, that's going to be pursued. Not, not, not praying in the midnight hour. Not crying out to God early in the morning. You see, there's some times when you all, you're all alone and you've got to lose a little sleep. You see, if when you're hungering and thirsting after the Lord, it's going to cost you something. You know, sometimes when you can't sleep at night, yeah, 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 yeah. Some of you want to go take a sleeping pill. No, go get in your knees. Yeah, go, go spend some time with the Lord. Maybe that's God's way of saying, I need you to spend a little time with me. You see, everyone that Jesus, as I said, was talking to was not going to pursue the blessings or the beatitudes that he was talking about. But he said, blessed is the one who pursues this. If a person, if you want to be blessed, it means that you're going to pursue the very things that God says. You see, we hunger and thirst after our feelings. How is it that the church has latched onto looking for blessings apart from God? Blessings being looked apart from God. You see, when God blesses you, you know what it should do? It should draw you closer to Him rather than further from Him. When God blesses you, you're saying, God, thank you. What can I do, Lord, to show my appreciation to you? Just say thank you and serve me. But you know what we do? God, thank you for blessing me. Take that blessing and go do something else. God, I need another blessing from you. Come and get that blessing. Does your blessings lead to better service? When God blesses you, does it cause you to serve better? If it's not causing you to do something different, why are you still asking God for his blessing? What are you going to do with God's blessing? They're not meant to be consumed on you only. It is meant to have you honor God and to recognize that he's a blessing giver and he will fill your need once you come to him. And it causes you to say, Lord, I want more of you. That's the problem that many people have when it comes to stewardship. We separate ourselves from 
our service, our giving. Lord, this is for you. Boy, I wish I had about $20 in ones right now. Anybody got $20 in ones or some money? I can, I'll give it back. I need some money. I need some ones. I need some I, four. Five. You got any more? You got any more? I got, you got any more money? Five. Are you got five? I need five more dollars. Sister Florence gave me two dollars. Remember that. <laughs> Florence. Two dollars. Sister Florence gave me two dollars, y'all. Two dollars. I need five more dollars. Five more dollars? Five more. I need one. Now, okay, remind me what you give me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. How many you got? Three. Okay. All right. You gave me two. Okay. Remember, remember what y'all gave me because I'm not going to remember. You think? Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Lord, have me. Pass it down. Thank you. Remember what y'all gave me. Bless the Lord. I should start collecting offering myself from y'all. Shoot. Oh, uh, all right. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Thank you. Five. Right here. Five. Thank, thank you. All right. Yeah. <laughs> We now bring this sermon to a conclusion. <laughs> God blesses us. And, and I'm going I'm to take this from, from a person. I just, just, it just applied. I just heard it the other day. Just a good friend. And, uh, but you know, God says, I want you to give me yourself. And as you come and bring yourself, I, I, I want you to just start with a tithe and an offering. Offering, you decide what you want to give. So I'm going to say, Lord, thank you for blessing me. God says, would you bring mine? Yes. Two dollars, Lord. Twenty-five cents, I'm going to invest it. Thank you, Lord. My goodness, for blessing me. Would you give me, oh, Lord, an offering? Give you a quarter. This is my thank to the Lord. God takes that and blesses you. Gave the Lord a tithe. That seems like a great exchange, Lord. Thank you. And God blesses us with a little bit more. Oh, God has blessed me even with more. God, would you bring a tithe? I got more. Lord, I'm give you a dollar this time. A little bit, little bit too much. Too much, too much, too much. Give you a dollar. For offering? Anybody got a nickel? I'll give you a nickel, Lord, as an offering. <sighs> Thank you, Lord, oh, oh, for your blessings. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bless me. Lord, you know I'm in need of prayer. I need your hand over my life right now. I'm going through trouble and trials and tribulations. Would you help me out of this matter? What do you do? Hmm. God just now delivered you. You see, when God blesses us, we don't even bring to him the minimum of what he has said. Give to me and then I'll bless you on top of that. And what happens, a tenth 
which would seem to be so little too. We get more, we want to hold on to more of what God has given. And it's a person that shows they are not hungering and thirsting after righteousness, and it shows that God does not have them as the person. You know what God wants? He wants you. Because when God has you, He has everything that you have. Everything that you have. Thank you, the rest of y'all. <laughs> Three, four. And that was it. Thank you, everybody, for that. <laughs> the Lord says that when we hunger and thirst, the Bible says that we're going to be filled. You see, when God blesses us and fills us, it says, God, you have blessed me so much. You have taken care of me. How can I show you my appreciation? You, you filled me, Lord. You filled me. What can I do? People that are blessed show God that they appreciate what he's doing so that when they, can, when they come back to him again, it's in recognition and response to what he's done because of who he is and the fact that God is faithful. You see, God's blessing doesn't cause us to take his blessings and to say, thank you, I'm not out of here. It causes us to draw closer to him. God doesn't give so that we scatter, but it shows that, God, I love you. How can I serve you better? Are you serving better, God, better right now? Does God have you? Are you trying to feel your hunger and your righteousness with that that leads you away from God? When I think about the goodness of God and all that he's done, my soul can look back and wonder how I made it over. Christ puts the hunger and the thirsting in us. And to try to replace it with anything else will fail. And get this, as I bring this to a conclusion. The longer you wait, the harder the fall. You know those corrective measures that God gives along the way? It can save you a whole, a whole lot of pain down the road. How we hunger, how we thirst. Sometimes when you're sitting before the Lord, and sometimes nobody, you're just kind of rocking back and forth as you read the Word. You're just saying, Lord, sometimes you, I, I can see Sister Barbara. Sometimes even probably at her home, she can just wave, raise her hand, put her head down. <laughs> How do you show God that you're satisfied with Him? Does your hungering and your, and your thirsting draw you closer to Him? What do you need to remove out of the place where God only should be? We need to take a real evaluation and a good look at what God, of where God is right now in our lives. Oh, you might be saved, but God doesn't have first place. You might be going through something right now, but your hungering and your thirsting is leading you in a path and a way away from God 
The enemy is sitting there right now waiting to pick it off. Thorns have surrounded you. Seed has fallen on solid rock with the illusion that it can grow. It can't. Bow your head. I want you to think right now, Lord, what have I put in the place of my hungering and thirsting after righteousness? What is taking up my time, my pursuits, if it's not righteousness, whatever is there needs to be removed and put in its proper place. It comes behind, not before. Lord, in this place today, may our hunger and our thirsting be for that which only you can satisfy. Take our fears that we have placed way ahead of you. And that we are walking side by side in with hands locked. Where you are trailing behind saying, will you come back to me? Take our worries and concerns that we are riding the waves on, Lord. When you said, I have a ship for you. Come and get in the ship. Help us today to pursue you because, Lord, not only are you the ark of safety, everything that you have protects and fills and provides all that we need. Help us today to have a, a renewed thirst and hunger for righteousness rather than anything else. Even when tired, May we say, I'm going to pursue God first so that when God blesses me, I can know I can serve him now even a little bit better rather than hijacking your blessings and expecting you to just shower us and not us to return our response of gratitude. Help us to have the right priorities. Help our minds to focus on that which will honor and glorify you. And in all that we do, may we remember that it will lead to a further hungering and thirsting for the things of the kingdom. We love you today. We worship you and give you the honor and all the glory. In Jesus' name.